Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Welcome back to another episode of IT for Whiskey. I'm with my best buds, Joe and Myron. Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? Hold on. I got to take a drink here. And I'm ready. What are you drinking today? Why don't we start off with that? I am drinking Wild Turkey Rare Breed Barrel Proof. 112 proof. It's a rare breed of wild turkey? I, I guess it's a rare breed. I mean, how rare can it be? Think of it this way. I mean, did you roast it or is it? I put it on the smoker for at least 12 hours. There you go. Nice. Nothing like a good smoked turkey. Exactly. You know how much whiskey you can drink during a, a smoke? <laughs> Quite a bit. Do you, have you ever marinated the, the turkey or the meat with a, with a little bourbon? Yes. Uh, both uh, meat and any type of bird, I would, I would marinate with some type of whiskey with it. Mm. Yep, yep. Don't go cheap. Don't use like 10 high. So we are talking about onboarding and offboarding employees. Just in general, onboarding and offboarding employees internally, externally, customers as an MSP. It's such, a, it's such an under... Uh, valued topic that I wish somebody would have told me years ago about. Same here. I always felt like that's always a learning process because you never, you don't deal with it daily. And having some instructional there would have been greatly appreciated a long time ago. Yeah, for sure. I remember the one of my first hires, which I had to terminate uh, within a week. You know, it was a very awkward situation. I had never had to terminate anybody. That process was difficult. Having a, a at least a process in place would have maybe made the situation easier and we would have been better prepared. You know, in our case, that person had access to everything. We didn't know how far that, that access went. Joe and Craig, how do you guys deal with 
you know, limiting access. And want, once somebody does leave, how do you deal with that? That's a, that's a loaded question because every company is different and it depends on the tools that you're using. Like in our scenario, we use ConnectWise and IT Glue and we have some password managers. So some things are easier to, to, to do and other things are not so easy. We just, we had a recently a tenured employee that we let go in our service department in our knock and he had, a, he had the keys to the kingdom and it took two people uh, about two hours to shut everything down. Um, there was a lot to do, but you know, think about all our customers and everything, right? But because we have it so thoroughly documented now, we've got a process for it. Nothing gets missed. That's 20 years in the making to figure that out. It took us a long time. We never, no one ever told us you got to document everything that people have access to and you need a process to shut them down. We have a checklist for uh, employees that shows what they have access to. And so that in, when and if they are, uh, if they decide to, to move on or we let them go, that's the list that we go through to quickly go through and start shutting down their access. Can, can I ask, where's that list kept and how do you... That's a secret. <laughs> not, not, not specifically where, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's electronic. It's an electronic uh, secure document that only, I think, three people have access to. Google Docs at its finest. Google Docs, Dropbox, Box. I keep it in five places at the same time. <laughs> That's funny. And it's then, in the cloud. And then I print it out and I put it in my safe. Yeah, so we're, we're going through some major hires on both the Greenlink side and the uh, Cinetech side. You know, and it's always a challenge to bring people on, making sure that they're culturally fit, you know, that they match up to our core values, that they get along with the staff that we have and the, the office chemistry. Uh, so those things are always difficult. Apart from a security standpoint, you know, what, what other things do you guys look at when hiring somebody? other than their, obviously their skills and things of that nature, uh, that, that makes them a good candidate to hire? Uh, man, I'm always looking at um, attitude, their personality. How do they mesh with the, uh, the rest of the group? I'm also looking for someone that, will, that can take, uh, not just criticism, but will ask the questions. I don't want somebody who thinks they can do it all their own. Because individually, we're not very good, but as a collective, we're smart as it can be. I mean, we are super smart when you put the whole team together when it when there's a new project or a problem you can't beat it there's way too much knowledge as a team but you you don't want someone who's independent thinker who thinks they can solve it all on their own and won't ask the questions what doesn't make me more upset is when someone's working on a problem for way too long when it could have been solved within a few minutes by just asking the appropriate question i need help <laughs> does anybody have any input on this has anybody seen this before one of the things that uh, we just recently started doing is we put everyone through disk, um, the disk profiling, and that that's been interesting. We're just about to implement Colby as a part of our hiring process uh, very soon. We've been dealing with an external consultant on how to refine this further and how do we find better hires that will last. Now, thankfully, we don't have a lot of turnover. It's very, very, very low, um, but Nonetheless, I'd like it to be zero if possible. And the Colby Colby index, I've 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 gone through it. It's a really interesting process. It's not that complicated, and 
uh, it's allowed in our area uh, region, we're allowed to make that as a part of the interview process to help us determine whether or not they're a fit. So we're going to leverage it. I recently just had a disc uh, done for me. Um, I was helping a cousin of mine that uh, they're they're implementing some stuff in the office and, and she's getting certified on doing uh, disc profiling and things like that. So it's interesting. I felt that it wasn't, you know, and I looked at myself, I felt like it wasn't completely correct. And that worried me if I went that route in terms of deciding potential candidate into the company, because if it's not, uh, you know, accurate. So I, I would like to hear a little bit more about, you know, your, your experience with that. And Craig, whether you've used that. I, I would agree on DISC. The, the four quadrants are, I believe, dominance, influence, uh, steady, and if they're conscientious, which talks at accuracy, right? Like accuracy and, and their ability to be uh, competent, like quality, etc. That being said, I found it was it was accurate, but not precise. I had the same experience. It was an interesting result that I got. I found, you know, it talked like in my scenario, it said I had a lot of strength and influence and steadiness, but it didn't go on about the the C or the D, which I know I have uh, a lot of dominance. That's probably my biggest trait. Everyone always tells me. So there was. I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't. <laughs> I, I found that there was some things that were interesting, some things that were accurate, but very little that was precise. That was my experience with DISC. That being said, the Colby I, I went through recently, and when I did the Colby test, I found that to be drastically more accurate. I don't want to tell you what, what I came out at because then I'm, you, you know, the keys to the kingdom. But at the end of the day, I found that it was it was actually pretty good. My number is a lot more, I wouldn't say it's precise, but it is far more accurate than I got out of disc. So would you say, I mean, what what would be the process? Would you interview people and then once they get to like the final stages, you go through that, that test, right? And then let them go through it. And then from there, you can determine whether they're a fit to the organization and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So interview, 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 pick your top two or three candidates that you like, cost you 50 bucks, make them go do it online at home on their own time. You get the results and go from there kind of thing. Uh, see, I'm, I'm a believer of the, you know, core values and, and fitting into the business. To me, that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. I don't currently use any of them, but uh, I'm strongly considering things like that uh, as we move forward, especially as we onboard uh, a lot of people fairly quickly. We want to make sure that they don't offboard as quickly as they onboard. <laughs> <laughs> the big thing about th- that I like about Colby, you think that they're sponsoring this episode, but they're not, is that they have a different perspective. Uh, most of the personality tests and, and aptitude tests and uh, different types of tests you do, they tell you what's wrong with the person. Colby takes it from the opposite angle. They tell you what's right with the person. And that, to me, is more important sometimes than are they a fact finder? Focusing on the negative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, fact finding. Are they the type of person that follows through? Are they quick starter? Are are they an implementer? And it's funny that Chris and I both did the Colby test and I found it to be far more accurate for both of us. I was like, wow, that's actually pretty intense. The, 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 the number was pretty close to what I think is true. So I do have a question to the group. So when you find that person, you agree and you guys hire, how important is it to you on their first day to have everything ready to go? So when they show up, it feels like they're, they're a part of the group. Very. Very. It's a big deal. Um, I'm constantly upset with my team 
And those of you that listen, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm constantly upset at the team because hiring an employee, you know, is a two-way partnership. You know, they also have to feel that they want to be here and work with us. So you want to make their first day a great impression, just like they're trying to make a great impression with us and long-term. When the person comes in and their laptop is, uh, you know, we issue laptops for everybody, when their laptop's not, you know, fully prepared or, you know, whatever, it just makes the process not so enjoyable. You know, in reality, it should be the total opposite. It should be, you know, whatever, you know, a gift card for free lunch and balloons or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like it's a special moment. This person is starting their new their new journey within our organization and it should be the best it could be. I mean, the, the first day impression kind of lays out their, their, their journey with the company. And if you don't take it seriously, how they're going to take it seriously going forward. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like to, to have, we've got, again, onboarding, offboarding, we have a checklist and a process documented for that. And we like to have resources ready, website logins ready to a certain degree. There are certain things that I can't do for them until they've logged in and checked their email. Great. But what I do is I send them an email on their first day saying, by the way, here are 10 links you need to go to and to set up your profile. <laughs> yeah, it's a busy it's a busy day. Yeah. Well, for us, uh, believe it or not, before they start. So once they have accepted the position, probably within a day, they're going to get bombarded with trainings. And on the Cinetech side, they got to go through the ConnectWise training. They have to go through... IT glue training now. They have to go through lab tech training. So all that has to happen and they have to have finished it prior to their first day of work. So they got to come with certificate in hand that they passed or else it's not a great start for them. You know, on their end, we're expecting all that. On our side, we're expecting that we have all the logins created, all the all the things are set up, their security profiles, their laptops are set up, their desk is all set up and tidy. It's a two-way street. Phone set up, all that stuff. We used to start giving the ConnectWise training and all that the day they started. And man, I think it was like 10 years ago, we said, you know what? Let's start giving it to them before they start. They're eager to start. So they're eager to get training done and get all that stuff taken care of prior to their, their first day. So when they, they hit the first day, they're looking more at processes, what we do, the way that we do it versus understanding a new system. Because some of them may not have ConnectWise experience, as an example, and ConnectWise is a big part of our organization. Those pieces need to be ready there before our first day. What happens on termination? We, as a group, probably have all sorts of nice, crazy stories to share upon the... Uh, uh, I, I've got some amazing ones. But uh, that I'm not going to bring up on today's. <laughs> I could tell you one story that it wasn't it wasn't me. It was I was there for a client. The client had just acquired a, a new business and they were letting go of everyone. And he called me. And I'll tell the story real quick. He called me, asked me to go on site, me and, and some of the uh, team members. They were going to bring people into the conference room. And I was there. This was years ago when I, when we were smaller. I had to sit through every single termination. It was 25 terminations. And he went through the process, told them, you know, I'm sorry, this is it. This is it. This is your severance package or whatever the case is. And then they kind of handed off the person to me and, and my team to kind of offboard and making sure that we took their equipment and all that stuff. A lot of people were crying. It was, it was, man, it was a, it was a bloodbath. It was terrible. <laughs> but, um, 
but that's sometimes that's what you need to do on a business, you know, um, especially if things are not lining up correctly. I know some people that have recently have kept someone on board longer than they should, and that's caused uh, a lot of havoc. That kind of things should not happen. Once you realize that the person is causing issues, don't drag it on. It's a red flag. It's time to go. And then properly off, off board that person. Yes, and I regretted it too. I heard you say once, the company is as good as its weakest link. I actually had forgotten that until you, you mentioned it. It's true. You let that last weak link, you can base your company on that person's performance because the weakest link is what the customer and your vendors and everybody is going to base your business on. So you have to make sure that that weakest link is up to par or they need to go. That's just the way it is. Have you ever kept someone as an employee because you felt sorry for them? I was going to say it, but I shut up. Yes, and I've regretted in the past. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> That's a, l a lesson learned. <laughs> Have you ever kept an employee thinking that you could fix them? No. Well, yes, that, that one time. <laughs> same, 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 same person. I had a pretty senior person that had somebody on staff somebody that reported to them. This was their first report and the person wasn't working out and they wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to try to turn the person and things like that. And this is going to make me sound like, like I'm a total hard person, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's business. It was time. This person was not working out. And uh, so I set up a meeting with both of them and sat the person down and, you know, went through the process in the um, straightforward the relationship's not working out. There are issues that we, we don't agree on. There's things that we're not agreeing on. And uh, I think that you're wasting time by staying on the organization because clearly there are better things that you could be doing because it's not working out here. Instead of wasting both of our times, I think it's the end and kind of did that. And the person said, you know what? You're right. For the longest time, I've been feeling that way, but I wasn't sure. And it gave him clarity. And the guy was, to a certain degree, you know, happy with the outcome. So I went back to my employee and I said, look, this is why we can't hold on to them because they're probably not happy either. Delaying it is it's just not good. So I think it was a, a good lesson for everyone that day. Now we don't have that problem anymore. And it's very similar, like onboard and onboarding, as I said earlier with our customers, we're talking two different levels. I'm talking about two different levels. One is, you know, when you sign a new customer and then either you get fired or you fire the customer. Additionally to that, customers have a lot of turnover and employees that start and get fired or quit or whatever the case may be. And as an MSP, you've got to manage that process a lot of times for the customers as well, as we do with our clients. So it's really critical to, be, to have a well-documented process that is very thorough, all your P's and Q's, dot the I's, cross the T's, or whatever you want to call it. But the best way to start is in your own home. Start with yourself first. See what works for you. And once you've figured that out for yourself, try it with, with the process on hiring and firing customers. And then take it to the next step and implement that for your clients. And you'd be surprised, actually, if you go talk to your customers, chances are they have a, a process for this already internally. Some do, some don't, is what we find. And if they do, leverage that to take advantage of that process and, and, and figure out... Pieces you can use. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what we did. I tell you, I wish somebody told me this and had this chat with me 10 years ago. I really do. So much heartache and stress could have been avoided.
And that's the other thing. From the beginning, the process of having your your things squared away starts at the hiring. Get your non-compete signed. Get your a, any other documents that that are required. If you you know, depending on where you are, contracts and things of that nature signed. Your offer letter signed, or if there's a severance package or whatever, have those things put in place because we think everybody's going to stay forever. But the reality is that they they don't. It would be a perfect world. Absolutely, absolutely. But if if you haven't gone through a termination, you know, or an outboarding of an employee, it's still not real. The business is still not real. If you haven't lost a customer, if you haven't lost an employee, if you haven't gone through a major major problem, the business is still very infant. Agreed. You know, and it's funny. Try learning from every onboard and offboard, every hire, every fire, every time you onboard a new customer. And in the event, and which I hope never happens to you, but it will, you know, when you do get fired from a customer, learn from it and be a better person or a better company because of it. As you guys know, uh, with the IT glue, when you are offboarding a customer, you know all the things that need to be done just from that list that you have generated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Joe, what are you drinking? So, boys, sometimes you need something homey and comforting and just got to revert back to the basics because... Are you talking about gravy? Maple maple water? No. <laughs> neither, neither one of the above. I know I'm Canadian, eh? But no, I am drinking my Caribbean cask. Nice. I, nice. I, 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 it says fallback. It's like it's teddy bear. It's my, exactly. It's my. It's like I'm cuddling with it right now in the office. It's fantastic. I am finishing what was left of the the Isaac Bowman port barrel, which is, was just two servings. But I did try recently the old Rippy. Oh, how was that? It was weird. <laughs> oh, so you're saying that I shouldn't? I shouldn't try it? No, don't bother. Um, I didn't like it, and I know your taste, Booker's and some others, but. No, it was, it was it was different. It was different. It was strong, a hundred proof, very very pricey uh, for what it was. I'll have to at least try at least one time, but I don't think I'm gonna well, acquire a bottle then. Here's what we'll do: the next time we get together, remind me and I'll bring it because I have two of them. I have one open, so I'm sure if if, if Ricky's around, he'll finish it off. <laughs> Well, Cause, for sure. Because that's Ricky what he does when you're not looking. Off. Hey, what happened, man? Ah, <laughs> Ricky was here. <laughs> no, but you know what we'll do? That one's going to stay in my batch with the Dawini, just like Joe's recommendation. So I went from the rare breed to Lafroy 10 to now Blanton's. So I've been, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, boys. How are we going to get those bottles of Blanton to, towards me? I, I don't know. I, I Dollar bills. <laughs> Let's negotiate that right here. I am not negotiating the trading of possible said whiskey. It's illegal. That is not allowed. Make sure they're two dollar bills, though. No, but you're, you're giving it to your friend. Oh, that's right. It's a, it's gift. a gift. It's a gift. Yes, he's a good friend. Yeah, it's a gift. It's not trading. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just don't want to be documented for anything. What? Wait, is he legal <laughs> to trade whiskey in the U.S.? I say I can give anybody I want a bottle anytime I want in Canada. Hey. hey. You just got to pay 30% tax. <laughs> 30 would be nice, actually, if it was only 30, I wish. As any Canadian will tell you, it doesn't matter where you are in this beautiful, illustrious country of ours. We get taxed like no other country in the world. Do you get taxed when you, when you give away things? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> just just start the question with, do you get taxed when? Yes. The answer is always going to be yes. You can ask any question. Yes. You know, it's funny though, uh, for the most part, and I'm no tax specialist, but for the most part in Texas, you do get taxed for pretty much everything. It's just not as high as Canada. And then we don't have, we don't have a state income tax. So, so we, we do have that. It's called the, the harmonized sales tax. But guess what? They'd love to charge that HST on top of other taxes. So they'll tax you on, let's say, one thing, then they'll tax you on that tax, and then they'll put HST on top of it. So you get triple, quadruple tax sometimes. Actually, to, to tell you something, everybody loves Canada's... Yeah, but everyone says, oh, you got universal health care. You're so lucky, and it is so awesome, right? Well, hold on. It is not free as a from a personal point, a lot of my taxes go towards it. But as a corporation, yes, as a corporation, we pay a percentage of our payroll goes to what's called the employer health care tax. So it ain't really free, people. Your bosses <laughs> and your employers are paying for it. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. But people, when they don't pay for it, they they never see the value of it, which is another topic. But you guys ever remember free DSL? Does anybody remember this? Yes. Oh, it yes, was the I best. Did. It never it was worked. the best. No. <laughs> <laughs> on topic as a part of uh, for us especially in, in Ontario as a part of the offboarding we actually have to do an employment record for a record of employment sorry an ROE form for an employee you go online you submit it whatever well god forbid the um, the the Canada Revenue Agency's website doesn't let you in or there's an issue with it and whatnot then you get penalized because it takes them six weeks to send you a new code by mail then it's my fault we have unemployment we want to make sure that if the person was let go for any specific reason that you feel that should not go in on unemployment because of performance or whatnot, you have to make a case for it. So in some states, you don't just get unemployment in, in, in our area. If you're fired with cause, you won't get it. And if you quit, you won't get it. Right. So you've got to be laid off, fired without cause or some kind of health issue like leave of whatever, whatever, in order to to get un, uh, we no longer call it unemployment they now call it employment insurance. It's insurance that you get to find a job. Because I, I years and years and years ago, when I was like a teenager, I, I actually was let go of a job and, you know, talk about offboarding, the employer had no clue on what he was doing and completely botched the offboard with me so bad. So I went to the employment office and I, I brought in my pay stub and I said, look, I, I, I no longer work there. And they said, well, why? I said, I don't know. The guy just said, there's no more work for you. And I walked out. They said, okay, but he needs to fill out a record of employment. And he never did. So talking about botched offboarding, they deemed it as, well, I was laid off in the end. So I got employment insurance and they forced us, they forced me, sorry, to go through a course once a week for three hours on how to find a job. Well, it was quite eye-opening. I actually learned a lot. I'm glad I went through that course for like two, three months. It really did help me a lot. And I understood more about how it, what it is to try to find a job that a lot of people have to go through. Thankfully, I've never actually had to go look for a job in my career, but when I was still in school, you know, it is what it is, right? I actually, I went through a seminar because when starting the business, I wanted to understand the process and uh, they, they did talk about that stuff. And that that is available here also for somebody that got unemployed. Uh, they can go in and get a training and how to go out and get a job, which is pretty cool. But we're out of time. This this is a interesting topic. It was it was a good run. I like this one. This is a struggle. This is stuff that businesses, you know, 
they, there's there's no I'm sorry there's no college course for this one. No, for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> for sure. And if anybody has any questions or needs help with it, just reach out to us. We'll be happy to to do some one on one with you and kind of share some more insight. Hit us up on Twitter or something, man. We'll we'll chat back. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We're we're and and on LinkedIn. Please follow us there. Comment there. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you like us to talk about. We're doing this for you guys. We enjoy it. I like having a drink at the office, and I know the guys do too. So let's keep this going. Make sure to share, Sweet. share, recommend, like, talk about us, follow us. Absolutely. Push the buttons. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of iTube for Whiskey. Uh, from all of us, all of you, uh, we appreciate you following us. Take it away, Kev. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. I'm a master button pusher, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I could have stopped recording a long time ago.